I am not doing an illustrated sermon like uh, Trevor does. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sitting in that little chair. I have been working on uh, doing a series related to music in our worship and gathering. Uh, had a difficult time at the beginning of it because the instrumentalists weren't here and we couldn't do some of that. I've been wanting to give you bits and pieces uh, along the way, but I decided each time to reconfigure the series. So today I'm going to conclude it by giving you some um, samples of music down through history uh, related to, to worship. In the series, I, I really covered the origin of music in the scriptures and formal worship uh, with music, with the Song of Moses that was done uh, after the Exodus. We talked about the three types of instruments, string, wind, and percussion, reminding us that uh, the voice is the prime, primary uh, instrument of worship. In fact, in some fellowships, they use no other instruments. Uh, we looked at the typology that Paul uses of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, with psalms involving the actual singing of Scripture, hymns functioning as praise or declaration of God's character or acts, and spiritual songs that are more folk and personal songs of testimony and encouragement used to minister to one another. We went through our hymnal, looked at its history and its application to liturgy, uh, and we also looked at it specifically from the liturgy of the Disciple Center. And then we talked about the components of sacred music, the direction of it being towards God, its function, how the lyric and the style must be appropriate. And we looked at the nature of sacred music and how it differs from common music and entertainment. Uh, it's focused on God and His truth. It's, it's not self-expression and creativity, though it does involve testimonial uh, issues, but it's about God's character and, and, uh, and self-expression. It expresses truth in an appropriate mood and style, which I believe has to have some level of of cultural adaptation. We talked about how we can minister to one another through music, and last time I talked about the false dichotomy that developed in the 60s between uh, hymns and choruses, contemporary music versus traditional music. And I suggested that that is a false um, dichotomy and that religious music always included both traditional and current forms uh, and content, but the content had to be based on truth, and the style had to be appropriate for that content uh, as it was used in in liturgy and worship. Uh, and I explained the difference between liturgical music and pop commercial music, uh, maintaining the distinction in them for the purposes of holiness. So today I want to finish this up, uh, particularly with a discussion of style and adaptation using some examples of traditional and contemporary religious music. Uh, and we don't know whether this will work with the uh, recording, uh, so this may be the only time you get to see this or hear this, uh, because we don't know how that will work. Judaism and Christianity have always used both traditional music, music that the generations before had used, and then some adaptation to currency. Now, the reason for the contemporary music was not to be relevant, not to be cool. That happened in the 60s. 
It was to be contemporary with what God is doing now as well as what he's done. If you only look at your past and not at your present, you will have a sense that God is only in the past. But God is past, present, and future, and we will have him acting among us uh, throughout that. That's why we do testimonies, and that's why we do praise. So it's important for us to sing the songs that were sung before, to hear the testimony of the church historically, and also to hear its statement of faith in music. But we must add to that, not replace it, add to that with the more contemporary Framework And that contemporary framework, I believe, always has an ethnic or cultural perspective. Now, ethnic and cultural perspective is bizarre for Americans because we don't think of ourselves as ethnic. We think of people who immigrate here as ethnic, but the rest of us are not, and that's not true. There is an ethnicity that has developed in the American culture, and that culture has its own style, as we'll, we'll see. And there are subgroups even within that. So... Uh, the true path of Judaism and Christianity is not an either-or, but a both-and regarding music. And over the generations, sacred music drew from the best of what had been contemporary that now became traditional and then continued to add to the best. And obviously, as with all forms of oral tradition in religion, some of those things will fall away, some will remain and others will be added in the context. And so the mix in every generation may be somewhat different, but it should be a mix from all of uh, the history. So what I'm going to do today, uh, and I've got a little bit, uh, about a half an hour's worth of music in the context of this. Um, uh, and it, hopefully I can make this work. I've only practiced it once, you know what I mean? So... Um, I want to uh, begin with the earliest form. Now, it's hard to get the earliest form because nobody recorded it. So what we have is traditional Hebrew chant that has developed down through the ages from that early form and then is now recorded in a more uh, contemporary framework. So... I'm going to give this a try. Wait a minute. I, apparently it's disconnected from the Bluetooth. Ah. So you will, you will probably understand some of this because of the limited Hebrew that we use. But this is a, 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 a if you will, a, a drawn from the ancient Hebrew type of chant. Adonai, 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 
So what we have there is a um, single voice, almost a crying tone, very Middle Eastern, uh, that is the foundation of probably what the psalm sounded like when individuals would, would sing them. And in the context of that, it would be done generally uh, in unison, not in harmonies, in the, in the earliest forms of that. Now, over time, uh, Judaism would add harmonies to this, and the early church would also do the same thing. So this is a chant that comes out of the Orthodox uh, church uh, in that same sense. if you will, come and bow down before uh, Christ or before the Lord. Uh, As time went on, uh, churches began to be built uh, with domes and with structures that allowed for uh, sound to carry. And so you get this kind of melodic echoing, uh, and you'll notice the mood that's in there. There's a a somber mood in that context uh, as people... Uh, sing these prayers, and some of these prayers continue to be sung to this day. In the Latin church, uh, a style developed called Gregorian chant, and it began to have more harmonies. Oh uh-huh. 
that particular one is a very ancient um, uh, prayer. Kiri uh, Eliason, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Uh, when Linda was going through a difficult time, she got a hold of a version of this that is just beautiful, uh, that's very peaceful and calming and, and uh, just a wonderful song. And I, I'm hoping to get access to that for us to use because it's just, it's just really uh, a beautiful uh, version of that. Now, as we get more towards the Middle Ages... Uh, what we get is uh, a fuller sense of this and a much more uh, focused music in the Western tradition. And so we get uh, something that you might be familiar with that sounds like this. Thank you. 
now we have full choirs. Choirs go all the way back to the tabernacle and the temple, but they're used as a soundtrack. Whoop, whoop, we're not, not there, not, not there yet. They're, they're used as a soundtrack for the holy place so that as you come in, you would hear the choir singing and, and, the, and, the, and, and the focus then becomes upon the Lord. In fact, the songs of ascent, the psalms were used to sing on the way to, uh, to, the, to Jerusalem and to the temple to put people in that frame of mind. I've always, um, when, when I would drive alone uh, to come to the church, would play hymns in my, uh, in my car as I'm heading towards uh, the, the sanctuary as a, a kind of a preparation in that, in that notion. Have any of you ever sung the Handel's Messiah? They have a sing-along where you can sing, sing along with them. They're great. You know, you really should do that. All those voices singing and uh, if it's a live orchestra, that's, that's a, an amazing thing. Clearly a celebratory uh, kind of thing. Uh, well, we can't leave the, the Middle Ages only with uh, Handel. We have to at least go to Bach. So, uh, thought it was just wedding music. Now that one, you can see the music is full, but 
but it's still the music is used as a, I, I call it the ring upon which the diamond of the voice is, is placed, and that's really important. So we move into the 17 and 1800s, we begin to get a different style uh, of music that becomes what most of us know traditionally as, as hymns. I'm only going to use one from that context uh, because uh, we sing hymns all the time and you're very familiar with them, but I couldn't let this one go. the 1900s, we began to get different styles, there it goes again, uh, different styles that came out of subgroupings in the American culture that began to establish kind of a style of worship that would be uh, associated with that context. Certainly the Bible Belt became part of that process, and so we began to get a style of music that was called gospel music, Stamps, Baxter, Quartet. Quartets became really popular. Southern Baptists really got into this music. In fact, some of them never got out. Uh, and so you got uh, uh, a number of styles. Now, these songs are about encouragement. Uh, they're about praise, but they're very much about encouragement. And the one that I think of mostly in that context is I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Thank you. 
Tanya would like this. Well, it started out traveling for the Lord many years ago. I had a lot of heartache and made a lot of grief and woe. But when I would stumble, then I would humble down. And there would say it wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Well, it wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Gotta make it to heaven somehow. Lord, the devil took me any time to turn me around. He's offered everything that's got a name, all the wealth I want. How many of you know that song? Yeah, no, my wife. Well, there's nothing in this world that could ever take the place of God's own. No silver and gold couldn't buy a touch from above. But my soul needs healing, and how to get filling is power. I can say thank the Lord, I wouldn't take nothing for my. Quartet music, really major popular thing. One of the groups that became both popular and kept that style alive uh, was the Gaither Vocal Band, uh, who would do a similar kind of framework. This one's actually in our hymnal.
harmony in uh, church and those tight harmonies are part of it but it draws the people singing together and and it's not entertainment as much as it's an experience that you engage in uh, singing along in in that context um, related to southern style is uh, the style that came through the black church and the Pentecostal churches uh, and those uh, styles are probably best uh, exampled by uh, Andre Crouch and Doris Akers. Uh, so I've got a sample from each one of them. This is Andre. From side to side, like a ship out on a raging tide. I don't worry, I don't fret. My waters never fail me yet. Troubles come from time to time. But my soul, I'm not the worrying kind because I've got confidence. God is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know He's going to fix it for me. How many of you know that Job was sick so long till the flesh fell from his bone. His wife, cattle, and children, everything that he had was gone. But Job in his despair, he knew that God still cared. Sleepless days and sleepless nights The truth said that's all right Because I've got confidence And my Lord is going to see me through No matter what the case may be I know he's going to fix it for me Lord, 
singing and the uh, preaching uh, is, is very, very demonstrative. Um, two years ago, three years ago, I think, uh, just the year before Andre died, uh, he walked into the lunch area of the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, I was sitting there because I'd had it with the meetings. <laughs> and uh, he walks up to a piano and he starts playing all of his songs. And that entire group turned into a choir. And there was more church going on there than in the meeting. Uh, just fantastic stuff. Now, I was looking for Doris Aker's Highway to Heaven. You guys know that one? No, that's a different way. Uh, but I couldn't find that. But I've got her with the statesman doing bless that wonderful name. charismatic movement uh, began to uh, dawn, and we got a little different style of music uh, coming out of the vineyard and out of uh, Calvary Chapel, uh, and one of these you know uh, pretty well. 
finish that one, but I'm trying to get done here. Um, another song that uh, comes out of that tradition, and again, with the folk style, you get a little bit more of the chant with the simpler music, easier to remember, easier to uh, to tie in. Just got to make sure that the words are good. This is one that, that I uh, have always enjoyed. Savior, my 
um, trying to get finished here. The, uh, the bookends of, of our music is Jewish. So we started with the Jewish chant, and the last influence on our music uh, here is the Messianic movement. And uh, the first one you'll know real well. The second one I'm hoping we'll sing uh, pretty soon. Very different feeling than the Nicene song, Holy, Holy, Holy. Notice just a different feel with every one of these styles of music. The last one is Havenu Shalom Alechem. This one, uh, Jewish dissidents in in the uh, in Russia sang over and over and over as they were being persecuted. Comes out of Judaism.
just goes over and over Break it up by going to Play this one in the car because she'll start driving really fast. They're going down the street. So, just peace be unto you, right? Now, uh, this is just a sample, but I think it gives you an idea that there's an incredible, rich history of music in the Judeo-Christian faith that we need to both have experienced ourselves, but we also need to make sure that our children experience it, that they learn this. And that's why it's really important we begin to teach them to read music, to play instruments, to, to harmonize, um, to, uh, you know, maybe what we need to do is have more of this before the service. People can come in and, and do that. But we've got to uh, enhance in our discipleship the musical aspect of this because we are to teach one another and reinforce one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs making melody to the Lord in our heart. And it notice it says here, it says sing, not listen. Uh, it is the participation in the singing, in the playing. Uh, and if you're completely tone deaf, but you have rhythm, you can shake a little rhythmic, thing to add to it. We will make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But it's really part of worshiping God, participating. I've left one thing out, uh, and that is the uh, worshiping the Lord in dance. I'm going to add to that because we've, we've got the kids doing a little bit, but there's more that they can do and probably even more that some of us can do. Uh, so we'll, we'll save that for a later time. I hope this series has helped you a little bit understand the richness of our music. Uh, you really need to experience it all in its context, which is why from time to time it doesn't hurt to, to visit a church that's having a musical uh, experience or a worship that is within their tradition so that you have it in an um, authentic context. Uh, you can watch... Sister Act, but it's not the same as going to a black church and experiencing uh, that joy in the midst of difficulty, which parallels Judaism's uh, lamentations and praise as well. Uh, just, a, just a wonderful experience. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then uh, we'll do a brief Q&A.